Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. The Holy Gospel, corner St. Matthew, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he was coming up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending upon him like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Y'all may be seated. Children may come up. We're only into chapter 3 of Matthew's Gospel, and already Jesus has been through a lot since making his journey from heaven to Bethlehem. He was almost killed by a deranged tyrant. He had to travel 100 miles to Egypt and live there. His parents could not return to their paternal birthplace because even the new ruler of Judea had some surely insecurity issues. Surly insecurity issues. And now, a few decades later, Jesus travels from this place, Galilee, to be baptized by John in the Jordan. And what profound word does God use to mark this very public and grand occasion? What does the great creator of the heavens and the earth say on this important Day, this important event in the life of humanity and creation. What does God say here? Eu dokesa. It's Greek. It means, seems good, it's one's good pleasure. Think it good to be well pleased with, to take pleasure in, are my two favorites. Very well, content. God says of Jesus. With whom I am well content. I think God our Father had a teenager moment. I don't know. I expect more from the great creator of the universe. I I expect God to give us some amazing insight. Into what was just witnessed. By the people gathered along the Jordan. God is, is marking Jesus as his chosen one. God has split open the heavens. The spirit of God descends upon Jesus like a dove. As he comes up from the water, and I also imagine at this point, Jesus' long hair is like in the shampoo commercials where it's flying back. Nice slow motion. I feel like this text beautifully describes the modern Christian view of Jesus' baptism. This momentous, joyous occasion is happening in front of us, and we are just content. I said last week, the feasts of the Epiphany of our Lord used to be seen as the second holiest day of the church year. Now, because it often falls during the week, we have a hard time making time to celebrate the feasts. It's it's one more thing to add to a very busy week. And I get that. Last week, I was so happy to not have choir on Wednesday night because it meant I could stay home one night. And you know, Thomas is not even in any sports or activities yet. And I'm already feeling this way, to just have one night off. Before Christmas, it seemed like every night Diane and I had something to do. We were constantly, one of either of us were running out the door. And hearing Thomas cry and hold on to us as we're trying to get out was very hard. 
So one more thing to do in an already crazy and hectic schedule is hard to ask. Especially when the church has not done a very good job of explaining why these feast days are holy and important. We have not done a good job. And in fact, I think the church has gotten lazy. And that is why days like this and Epiphany and others are not taken seriously by Christians anymore. It is why I believe the church attendance is down. It is not because we do not make Sunday as special as Christmas and Easter. It is because we cannot communicate the importance of each day, each Sunday, as a holy gift from God. We have gotten lazy over the years. We expect people to come to church, but we don't explain why it's important or how being here matters beyond just checking off the attendance box. At Table Talk this week, we were discussing the Ten Commandments. The, the third commandment, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, is much, more to Luther, is much more than just a requirement for church attendance. Luther in his large catechism discussion lashes out against fanatical Sabbath keepers. But Luther is not giving people a get-out-of-church-free card. He writes in a small catechism, we are to fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching our God's word, but instead keep that word holy and gladly hear and learn it. God's word is holy and there should be no reason to willingly want to avoid it. But in that same way, pastors need to make time to hone their craft of preaching. Tim Wangan in his book on the small catechism writes, God wants people to come together precisely to hear this word that frees us from work. Of course, this means that the biggest Sabbath breaker in a large catechism view may be found not simply among those who lie dead drunk in the taverns on Sunday morning, those are Luther words, or not so drunk at sporting events or fishing boats or God knows where else is a wanger words, but precisely among those preachers whose sermons are peons to the law and legalism, and among those hearers who listen to a year's worth of good sermons with no appreciable effect. Pastors have a responsibility to preach a decent sermon every once in a while. Not every week, every once in a while. You gotta get off the hook a little bit there. So that the church doesn't feel like going to prison, right? I know many of you have felt that way sometimes when you just have been trying to figure out a way to claw out of here without anyone noticing. And followers of Jesus have a responsibility to appreciate the holiness of a good sermon from time to time. So why after 2,000 years? Should we care about this day in the church here? The baptism of our Lord. It happened 2,000 years ago, a very long time ago. I was listening to a podcast this week on the lectionary text, and Matt Skinner, one of the hosts, was talking about his experience at the Jordan River on this feast day. It appears that nobody in the travel agency looked at a liturgical calendar or Googled the importance of this feast day for the Eastern Church. In the Coptic and Orthodox Church, this day is highly celebrated. It's celebrated more than Christmas. On both sides of the river, thousands of people gathered to hear Masses in Aramaic. The head bishop of the Coptic Church had traveled all the way up from Egypt. It was sheer chaos as thousands of Christians made a holy pilgrimage to travel to the place where Jesus was said to have been baptized. And we're not even sure where the place actually was. There's like three or four different places along the Jordan that is said to have been the place of Jesus' baptism. Yet, thousands of people will make this pilgrimage at the end of the month. Make this pilgrimage every single day to see the place where the heavens were torn apart. The Spirit of God descends like a dove. 
And a voice from heaven declares God's contentment, God's joy over this most holy occasion. On the feast of the baptism of Christ, the Holy Church proclaims our faith in the most sublime mystery, incomprehensible to human intellect, of one God in three persons. It teaches us to confess and glorify the Holy Trinity, one in essence, undivided. It exposes and overthrows the errors of ancient teachings which attempt to explain the creator of the world by reason and in human terms. The church shows the necessity of baptism for believers in Christ. And it inspires us with a sheer sense of deep gratitude for the illumination and purification of our sinful nature. The church teaches that our salvation and cleansing from sin is possible only by the power and grace of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it is necessary to preserve worthily these gifts of grace of holy baptism, keeping clean this priceless garb, as St. Paul says, as many as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We remember this day and will continue to remember this day until Christ's return because of the great joy this event gives to humanity. This is the day, the moment where Christ not just becomes commissioned, but is made known, authenticated as God's Son. That Jesus is now where God's promises are being fully revealed. And in a day and age when, where cable TV news is on 24 hours a day, where social media apps take up all of our attention... Where we bounce from one thing to the next. It is important to hear year after year that Jesus is where God's promises are fully revealed. We keep searching for the next best thing. We keep searching for that special something to make us happy, rich, and successful. We keep searching for God in all the wrong places. Yet, it is here in this spot. At this table. In these holy words from scripture, in this, in this blessed community of saints, that God is present. That the heavens are torn apart week after week. That Holy Spirit descends upon us like a dove and God reveals for us. God reveals for us a little bit more of this blessed age to come.